0: Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome again to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I've got with me my friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's good to be with you again, my friend. Uh, It's good to be back as, as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, as we gear up for the big conference of the year, SOAR 2022, We're having some of our friends come on and share about some of the breakout groups that are leading in. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking with Stephen Castleberry about his breakout group, which is entitled 5800 Reasons You Can Trust the Bible. And so I'm looking forward to our conversation about helping students trust God's Word. That's what it's all about. We're here to pour into our students, to love on them, to share with them, and help strengthen their faith. But before we do that... uh, Chris, why don't you tell our our listeners about our podcast partner, Central Baptist College?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. I love CBC. CBC is a place uh, where they unapologetically claim to be uh, challenging, engaging, uh, and inspiring in in more ways than one in all of those uh, categories. But uh, specifically, if you're looking for a college uh, or if you know students, you have students in your student group that are looking for a college, I encourage you to strongly consider checking out uh, CBC at their website cbc.edu you can schedule a an on-campus visit uh, or you can just talk over the phone with a uh, uh, an admissions uh, advisor but essentially when you go to CBC what you're going to find is you're going to find that they are all about having a Christ-centered mission uh, in everything that they do uh, whatever program that you're studying uh, whatever degree options um, that you want to go after they are always going to put christ at the center of what they do um, and they're going to to challenge uh, you to think not just in terms of the the field of study um, that you might be uh, sitting under but also in how to engage the world in that way with a very evangelistic and christ-centered approach and so um, they're they're always about keeping Christ the center. And I would also say this, uh, that when you go to CBC, you're gonna find um, that last one, that last word that I said inspiring uh, to be, I believe, very true because there are an op- uh, there's an open door for spiritual opportunities for you or your students who go there in terms of churches for them to get involved in, and, and also in terms of opportunities to serve spiritually on campus there at cbc Uh, and so they're always um, opening those doors of opportunities for students but also trying to think through what other doors might be be open to them as well so check out cbc uh, at cbc.edu and of course if you have any questions about that you could call me or dan but it would be better just to call them because cbc knows a lot more (laughs) about cbc than uh, uh, dan's old and i'm getting older But we, are well,
1: we, CBC. we love CBC. Um, Chris and I are both graduates of Central Baptist College. I actually have a daughter at Central Baptist College right now, and so we're just, again, just big fans. But today, we're talking uh, to Stephen Castleberry about this big concept of why students or how students can trust the Bible more or how we can help our students trust the Bible Um, all a part of the SOAR 2022 conference. Um, That is our big conference that we have for students each year. It's aimed at students so 7th through 12th graders. It's going to be in the Dallas area this year again. And it's an exciting time as, well, anywhere from 1,000 plus uh, students gather together and worship and study God's Word. Um, But one of the great components that we've added over the years has been breakout groups. And uh, Chris is the visionary leader for the SOAR conference. So, Chris, I, I just want to ask you this. Maybe you could share with our listeners. Why breakout groups? That wasn't a part of the conference early on, uh, but it's become a, a, a great component over these past few years.
0: Yeah, so I think that's a great question. Um, and the way I would probably answer it just most um, succinctly, would be we see we saw several years ago, and I can't say it was it was only me. It was not only me. I I, I did start uh, working specifically with the breakout groups, which I love. But the break we we saw a need for helping students have very practical takeaways from the time that they spend um, there at soar. Uh, the big sessions are are great. They are they they've always been that way, and they will continue to be that way. But sometimes there's a disconnect between what you what you hear from the big stage and then, you know, moving back to your communities and some very practical how to's and, and also being able to address some more uh, some finer points, um, if you will. And so we, we started introducing uh, the breakout sessions uh, and also being able to bring in some of our trusted just uh, guys in, in ministry, uh, pastors and, and even lay leaders And, and so over the last, I'd say five years, the breakouts have, have been growing, but also have been going through a kind of a refining process to know exactly what we're, we're going through. And this year, uh, I believe we, we've got probably the best lineup of breakouts, um, that we've, we've ever had. Uh, we've got a guy named Jimmy Brock and Aaron Greenwood who are, um, both part of our Baptist Missionary Association uh, working. Uh, Jimmy is the ABS director in Magnolia, and Aaron is one of the pastors at church. our church down in Waxahachie. And they have done a phenomenal job of putting these things uh, together, these breakouts together. And uh, so I'm excited to have an episode today to be able to talk about a specific breakout.
1: Uh, today's podcast is all about... Uh... Stephen's breakout group. He's going to be talking about 5,800 reasons you can trust the Bible talking aimed at students, and I'm excited about that. Uh, but Stephen, we want to get to know you a little bit better. We're so happy that you're on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your ministry. And the reason I need you to explain it is because your title is experience pastor at Antioch Georgetown, and I have no idea what that means. So share with us. <laughs>
2: Hey, I'm so thankful to be on with you guys today. Yes, I, I do have a strange title, and we actually founded the church, Antioch Georgetown Church, about four and a half years ago. Uh, we were in Conway. I was the middle school pastor there at Antioch and Conway. And um, we, we were kind of looking at, at what my role would be in this church plant. And what we, what we really saw as my sweet spot was the Sunday experience. So from the moment that you roll into the parking lot to when you get back to your car at the end, the Sunday experience was going to be what I was concerned with. So everything from greeting to uh, worship, to the design of of slides and and worship lyrics, uh, to communication, to the production uh, during the service, all of that falls under my umbrella. So... Kind of another way to look at it is is basically we have two sides at our church right now. We have the discipleship side, which is not only our small groups and our kids and our students, um, but really all aspects of discipleship. And then we have the experience side, what happens on Sunday. And that's what I'm over at Antioch Georgetown.
1: Well, the gathering is such a vital part of every church. And every piece of that is is important. And so I love, I like the title. Um, It is, it's this, it's unique. I mean, I, again, we, we struggled to figure out exactly what, what it was, <laughs> uh, but I, I, <laughs> well, I, I've loved it. So. I,
2: my, my, in my family, we don't gray until, uh, you know, our, our late forties, early fifties. And so really for it to make more sense, I need a few more gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. That means I would make a great experience, pastor, so. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Stephen. That fits you so well. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, it is a strange title, but to hear you explain it is is you know it, it just makes sense. Anybody who knows you is just like, yeah, that's Stephen right there, and uh, yeah. and, and I, not I to love mention to
2: think about that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know we know you do, man, and you are. And I'm not blowing smoke. You are great at it, and uh, man, so thankful that you get to do. That at Antioch Georgetown, and the Lord's blessing you guys in such a cool way.
1: That's awesome. Stephen, tell us a little bit about uh, your family, about your education, and share with our listeners there.
2: Sure. Um, I'm married. Uh, My wife is actually a professor at UT Austin in the College of Pharmacy there. Uh, So, uh, we, we we cheer for the Longhorns because the Longhorns pay the bills. I'm born and raised in Arkansas, and so I will always love and root for the Razorbacks. But you know, if, if a college starts, uh, you know, paying the utility bill around here, I'll root for them too. So um, yeah, so that's that's. You no, know, in Arkansas, uh, we I call
0: have, that a sellout.
2: Yeah, well, hey, what they pay. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, I have three <laughs> kids. Um, I have a, a five year old son named Luke, a three year old son named Jack, and a two year old little girl named Lucy. Who yesterday morning she just moved into her big girl bed. And for her first morning, uh, her first night of sleeping in the big girl bed, she got up, found the Vicks vapor rub, and rubbed it all into her hair. And so, yes, my. Uh, my house is interesting. It is crazy, but uh, but I absolutely love it. I am a graduate from Central Baptist College and uh, love CBC and what they do. So there's another plug for them. And also have a, a master's degree in church leadership from the seminary at Liberty University. So that's kind of in a nutshell my my family and my education. I I am no longer a student, uh, student pastor. But uh, ever since 2008, uh, all the way through uh, 2018, uh, I was in student ministry. Uh, so about, t- about a decade there of working with students. Uh, my first four years were basically the whole range. I did birth through 12th grade. I was over all of those ministries at a small church in South Arkansas. And then um, I I was asked to come on staff at uh, Antioch Conway, and they let me choose. Uh, do I want to work with middle school students, fifth through eighth grade, or do I want to work with high school students, ninth through twelfth grade? And to everyone's surprise, I quickly said, "Middle school students. Uh, I love middle schoolers. I love that they're not cool. They're not cool yet, but they're also uh, extremely open to to God's word, and and it's a very." malleable age. And so I, I wanted to jump in and work with middle school students. And so my, my last uh, half of that decade was purely working with uh, fifth through eighth grade students.
1: Stephen, some might say that's crazy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is that age where, where students will make the decision about their own faith. I mean, it, fifth through eighth grade is vital years. And so it's important that we're pouring into them at that point. Let me ask a, an, another important question because both Chris and I have animals that run around our house. Uh, do you have any pets?
2: No pets. Uh, my wife and I have not had a single pet in the 15 years that we have been married. We love other people's pets, but we have not we've not had any of our own.
1: Well, that's that's an important question because you, you're the smart one. That's all I, I'll say about that. So, well. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask um to help our listeners know you a little bit better, uh, could you share how you came to christ
2: sure um my my parents uh really started attending church in their their thirties it wasn't something that that was regular for them you know i I know a lot of my pastor friends you know their their dad was a pastor and his dad was a pastor, and there's this great legacy of that that was not that was not the case for me and and so my parents kind of coming into church. Uh, in their 30s, uh, late 20s, early 30s, um, that was that was something that was was new and fresh uh, for them. And so, uh, I, I came to church uh, at a at a very young age uh, there uh, in in South Arkansas, and uh, I, uh, you know, heard it not only at church but but also at home because uh, my, my parents' faith was was growing. There's a vibrant ministry uh, at that church at the time. And and they were pouring into me, and uh, my parents actually led me to Christ at home, and and I am I'm very thankful for that, and even to this day, that's something that I like to do as a as a pastor. If if a parent brings their child to me and says, "Hey, I think they're really close to accepting Christ," will you talk to them? I'll say. I will, but I would rather talk to you about how you can lead them to Christ. Um, and so I love to equip parents uh, to do that as well. And so I was saved at a young age. Uh, and as far as my, my call to ministry goes, that was actually when I was in the 10th grade. I, I was feeling that that possibly God was was doing something in my life. I was, I was a committed uh, believer, and I was really growing in my faith at the time. And like I've, I've seen in many cases, usually other people can see God's work in your life before you can see God's work in your life. And so there were a few people that were asking me uh, very pointed questions about, about that. And, hey, uh, do you think that God is, is calling you to this? Because we see that God is, is kind of shaping your life. Uh, in that direction, uh, and and I had several guys who were several men who were praying for me and and really looking at at that in my life, and it it was actually a really strange place. Um, I I I say I surrendered to ministry, but I didn't really put up much of a fight. In my high school's library, I was doing a concurrent uh, college and high school credit class. And I had my work done early, and I was looking at uh, the college that uh, that I wanted to go to, and and my my dream was always to go into dentistry, and so I was looking at pre dentistry, and I'm, this is this is not glamorous or 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 wow, but this is how it happened. I just felt uh, this this nudge to flip over to the tab that said religious studies, and. At that particular university, that's what it was called. And so I flipped over to it. And it was at that moment when the tab changed on the Internet browser that I had this, this confirmation that this was what I was supposed to do. And sitting there at that um, you know Windows um, XP computer in my high school's library is when I said, God, I will do this ministry uh, wherever you call me, whatever you call me to do. I'm in. The answer is yes.
1: I love that. I'm, I'm often curious of, of where people were headed before God sent them down this, this road. I mean, for me, I was going to be a photographer. Uh, that was my heart, my dream. I still love to be involved in photography. I guess you're not doing any side dentistry because that would be weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: Although you'll have to help some kids pull some teeth as you get as they get a little <laughs> bit older, though. So
0: I went to the dentist oh,
1: for the first time in
0: 12 years yesterday. Hey!
2: Congratulations! Yeah, thank you, Thank you.
0: Yeah, I walked in and I immediately saw the hygienist, and I just said, "I, do I say sorry now or after?" And she just she said, "Just come on back." And so I told her, "I mean, listen, for the last twelve years, I've brushed my teeth religiously every Monday and Friday." She didn't think that was funny. Well, hey, so today are we going to uh, are we going to get through the five thousand or the eight hundred? Reasons why you can trust your Bible.
2: Yeah, so so that that title is is meant to be one that's uh, that's that kind of spurs curiosity uh, because we're actually going to talk about all five thousand eight hundred kind of in one fail swoop. The the reason that that I am really called to this breakout session in particular is is because this is actually my version of a sermon that I I did hear in the 10th grade from my pastor at the time, John Burleson. And that is one of those that I remember so vividly that for the first time, someone told me that there is a rational explanation for why I can trust the Bible, that there's just – it's not just that, hey, you should trust it because we say so or because the Bible says so. But we can actually trust it from a historical and a statistical reason. And so that has always stuck with me. And And one of the things that I see uh, very often is, is, is what I like to call TikTok criticisms. And, <laughs> and basically, here's what it is. This is where somebody on, on a social network like TikTok, or, or maybe it's at school, but they can ask a simple question designed to cause doubt into someone's mind. And again, it's a one sentence question that sows that seed of doubt that has already been answered for hundreds of years. We have an answer. We have a reason. We have a defense. But unless you really study the scripture for yourself, it sounds like it's this new groundbreaking, oh my goodness, no one ever thought about this until this TikToker with a crazy haircut mentioned it. (laughs) And so... That's what, I, that's what I want to do. I, I want to say, hey, look, there is a reason that you can trust your Bible. And those 5,800 reasons are all the manuscripts that we have of the New Testament uh, written in ancient Greek. And we have them all, and we can trust that those manuscripts, we can trust that God has protected his word over time because those manuscripts are the same they, they, they say the same thing there's not a, there's not great variation in between and what we believe as as a as a church and, and as believers is, is we believe in in the doctrine of inerrancy and what inerrant means is in meaning no and then errant actually means straying okay kind of like the the pets you were talking about uh, earlier that I don't have uh, I did have a lot of pets growing up. And so what that means is, inerrant means not straying. And so we can actually mathematically prove that the Scripture has not strayed in the 2,000 years since the New Testament closed. And, and it's that it's that mathematical certainty that we can add on top of our faith, and that gives us reason that not only can we trust the, the Bible as a whole, uh, but... Our very own Bible that we're holding in our hand, that we read in the morning, that we that we're bringing to soar, we can trust that that Bible is God's Word and it has been faithfully preserved over the millennia.
1: Amen. Well, I'm excited about the topic for students and as they have a chance just to sit and to to hear and to to think about those things. So let me let me kind of start here. Um, why is this an important topic now for our students?
2: I think as our culture uh, detaches itself uh, more and more from historic Christianity, this is going to be a topic that not only students are going to be asking, um, but that student pastors are going to have to be answering, uh, not just in one-on-one conversations, but really preaching apologetics, uh, the defense of our faith from their, you know, from their platform as a student pastor. And so I want, to, I want to start that conversation. I want to equip not only students, but their student pastors to, to have this conversation. In, in the small group that meets in my home, one of the things that, that we've been talking about for the past few months is how we are living in a post-Christian society uh, in America, and we're still reaping some of the benefits of that Christian society. We, we're kind of living in the afterglow. Of Christianity being the, the dominant value of our society. But we're starting to lose that. That that afterglow is fading. And we're seeing we're seeing tragedies uh, happen as people devalue life. We're seeing, we're seeing all kinds of, of crazy things. We're seeing entire months uh, taken to celebrate things that that God uh, denounces. And so as we continue to move further and further and further away from our roots as a nation, that its culture is grounded in the scripture, we're going to have to be more bold. And, and this teaching is going to have to be more prominent as we defend our faith and equip uh, our students to defend their faith as well.
1: As you look at your own community, because you live in, in, in Texas, you live in the Austin area, uh, which is probably one of the more liberal areas in the state. Are, what are you seeing in the students in the ministry there? I know you're not the student pastor, uh, but you're still involved with the families. You're seeing people on Sundays. Um, how are they struggling or not struggling with these issues of apologetics?
2: Yeah, this is this is an area that, that our student pastor, uh, his name is David, he has just dove headfirst into apologetics uh, because our students are constantly bombarded with these kind of things, and we have quite a few students who are walking away from their faith. Uh, their their family, uh, you know, their parents are, are grounded in their faith, but because of the influences at school, because of the influences on social media, that has caused them to begin to detach from from what uh, they have they have been raised to believe, from from what they have heard from you know the pulpit, whether it was. Uh, at our church or or at you know churches earlier again our church has only been in existence for uh, four and a half years and so apologetics is something that we are really really pushing uh, at our church uh, especially in our student ministry uh, right now we are looking at uh, world religions and why is Jesus the only way and uh, and then in the fall if I remember correctly, they're going to really dive into uh, Apologetics based on the works of Jim Warner Wallace uh, and some different things like that, and so we are seeing that that in addition to teaching core tenets and core doctrines and core you know accounts from the Scripture, we also need to teach this defense because they need it. If we don't, we are leaving our our students quite literally defenseless when it comes to their faith. And so we're placing a very high priority on this. And, and matter of fact, actually uh, we're going through a series as a whole church right now, looking at the armor of God. And this past Sunday was the sword of the spirit. And so I taught a seven minute bite-sized version of the the talk I'm gonna give at Soar in the middle of, of that sermon. And then uh, I'm gonna give a, a an, another expanded version of it on my YouTube channel. I think it's just so necessary that, that people know they can trust the scripture.
0: That's so good, man. You know, uh, 1 Peter 3, uh, 15, honor Christ as holy and always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is inside of you. And I, I think what, you, what I hear you saying, or at least what makes me think of uh, what comes into my mind as I hear you talk, is is this reality that in this post-Christian culture that we find ourselves in, um, no matter how old we are, but especially as you're saying for teenagers, we should be some of the most hopeful people, um, the most joy filled people um, that that there is uh, because we have true hope in Christ. He alone is Lord and he alone is holy and high and lifted up. And, and that should cause people around us to wonder, like, why is that person so hopeful? Why is that person so joyful um, and not in a. Uh, I don't say that in any kind of, you know, cliche kind of way. I mean, that's the that's the the reality of what we should be like. And um, and when that's the case, not in an argumentative type of way, not in a uh, in fact, the next verse there, um, he says, but to to give that defense in a gentle manner, uh, but to be willing and ready to give a a solid defense, a solid answer for the reason of why we are so hopeful, and all of that's grounded in who Christ is and what He's done on behalf of sinners like us. And so, man, I I, I love your perspective on that, Stephen. Uh, I'm excited, I'm excited to hear the full talk at Soar, all 5,800 reasons, right? So,
2: <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lady at our church that recently started attending, and she um, she was kind of your typical uh, Austinite, you know, rejected the scripture, rejected all things uh, traditional Christian values, and she 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 became a believer, and all of those things started to change in her life. That she started going, okay, I I don't believe that anymore. I, I don't believe this anymore, and I think we sometimes get that backwards. We think Hey, I've got to destroy this argument uh, about about this issue, and I've got to destroy this argument about this issue. When we actually don't need to, when someone accepts Christ and they they see that wow, the, the Scripture is my authority, not not the culture, not not anything else. Those things just kind of take care of themselves. And mm-hmm. so, um, as as people trust the Bible they can begin to get into the Scripture and have that biblical worldview. And so if we can defend the Scripture itself, if we can prove to people that the Scripture is worthy and it is protected and true, uh, a lot of these other issues uh, are going to begin to take care of themselves as God, uh, according to Romans 12, begins to renew our minds by changing the way that we think.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's good. Stephen, let me ask this question then. Our listeners are the full-time, part-time, bivocational, and volunteer student ministry workers. Um, so I'm I'm left with this question. You know, you and I had the opportunity. We went to Bible college. We've been to seminary. We have had some extra training that these folks may have never had. And so where, where do they start? You know, where, you've got somebody who is who's a bivocational guy, or he's just a part-time youth pastor and he's struggling to, to figure everything out, and he knows that he needs to, to look into some areas, what would you recommend?
2: Great question. Our student pastor, he was not uh, trained in a Bible college or a seminary, and so this was something that that he had to really pick up himself. Here's where I would start. I would start with two books by J. Warner Wallace. It is Cold Case Christianity and Person of Interest. You can uh, get them delivered quickly on Amazon. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to give copies of both of those books away uh, at SOAR. And so uh, I I want to help equip people. I would start there. Those are going to give you two really great resources. I'm an audio listener myself. And so what I like to do is just put in my headphones while I cut the grass and listen to those books and they will give the foundation that you need and then you can branch out from there. Uh, there's a lot of great YouTube channels and and podcasts that you can you can kind of expand that with. But if I had to recommend a place to start, it would be those two books by Jay Warner
1: Wallace. Well, we'll be sure to put those in the show notes. Uh, that to me is always important is just being able to to know where to start. We of course want to start in God's Word, and so if, if we can spend time there, understand the story of Christ through the, the the whole pages of the of the Bible, that's that's the key. That's where we start. But sometimes we need to know how to be able to explain things. I know that there's a classic uh, by Josh McDowell, and I just went blank.
2: Uh, yes, uh, it is.
1: Not evidence the new without evidence a that
2: demands a verdict.
1: No. okay. They do evidence huh. that
2: demands a verdict.
1: Well, there's also a short one. Okay. And I'll I'll figure that out. But um anyway, so there's some there are some great books out there, especially about apologetics. Um, and so uh, spend some time with that. Again, we'll have those those in the show notes. Stephen, as as we start to wrap up, let me ask, is there some other words of encouragement that you might have for youth pastors, student ministry workers, as they try to tackle this issue of helping their students trust God's Word?
2: Yeah, I, I would say uh, a couple things. One is don't be afraid to dive into topics like this. Your students are not going to be overwhelmed by it. Again, I first heard this argument this this in a sermon to the whole church when I was in the tenth grade, and it was so it was so important to me that I still remember it twenty years later. And so you are your students are ready for this. Um, package it in a way that they can understand, but don't be afraid to jump into apologetics because. Contrary to what you think, they're going to be excited that you are covering things like this because they have these questions, they see these arguments, and and they honestly, they need to hear from you because they trust you. And so when when they hear it from that trusted person that pours into their life week after week, it means something. And and the second thing I would say is is don't be afraid to study, to really study uh, God's Word, to to spend time in it. I, I know that we're all busy, so whether you're a, in full-time ministry or you're bivocational or you're you're a volunteer, it is worth the investment of your time to dig into these, these subjects. Even, again, if it's putting on your headphones while you're cutting the grass, God is going to speak to you and God is going to bless that investment that you give into studying not only His Word, but the defense of His Word. So dive in head first. It is worth it.
1: Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for sharing your heart about this important issue. Let me ask, if somebody wants to connect with you, ask you some questions about something you've shared today, or just find out more about your ministry there in the Austin area, uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Yeah, so you can go to antiochgt.com. That is antiochgt, as in Georgetown.com. You can find my email address there. You can email me. Uh, You can also find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where we talk about different things in the scripture. And uh, you can find that just by searching my name, Stephen Castleberry, on YouTube. And something else that I I do want to mention, uh, in addition to doing a breakout uh, at SOAR, I'm also going to be there as a vendor for our church. Uh, we have a summer internship program at our church where we look for s- seniors uh, in high school who, are, who have just graduated or even those who are in college who want to spend eight to ten weeks at our church, really seeing how we do things uh, and even getting to specialize in particular areas of ministry, whether that is kids or students Or our last one actually uh, studied how we do videos in in our video ministry at our church. We want to help equip the next generation. That is in our DNA. And so I'm going to be um, advertising that at SOAR, uh, having a booth. So uh, student pastors, invite your your kids to stop by to to come and meet me, to come find out more. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can find that on our website as well, AntiochGT.com.
1: Stephen, thank you. Um, I'm excited about that. I, I wasn't aware of that internship opportunity and that is a great thing. I love hearing about our churches, investing in the next generation and really pouring into them and showing them, okay, ministry is a possibility. It can be a reality. And I know that the SOAR 2022 conference is all about called and this idea of serving Christ uh, here and across the world. I mean, it's just so vitally important. Well, listeners, thank you so much for for joining us today as we've continued the conversation about student ministry. There's a lot of exciting things happening. Um, Just recently, our podcast reached uh, a couple of milestones. We had our first Thousand download month, and we hit ten thousand downloads since we began in February of twenty twenty. And I just want to say thank you, uh, thank you for for sharing the podcast, for listening to us, and joining us as we connect and we talk about student ministry. And we do this because student ministry matters.
0: Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your
2: students because the work matters.